You know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. room and you don't want to wake them up with the bright overhead lights but you need to turn on a light to see what the hell you're doing now there's a solution you have to try lumify's unite light i love my unite light seriously a game changer if you work the night shift like we have for years it's super small and clips to your scrub top has three different color settings and emits enough light to illuminate your workspace check iv sites vent checks honestly you name it in the middle of the night the Unite Light was created by healthcare workers, our amazing friends Jen and Anthony over at Lumify, for healthcare workers. You can get your own Unite Light or anything in the Lumify marketplace for 10% off with our discount code DODPODLUMIFY. That's D-O-D-P-O-D-L-U-M-I-F-Y to get 10% off your order today. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> we never know how to start. That's so just, awkward because we've already been talking for 10 minutes. We just like stare at each other until <laughs> someone starts talking. Just smile. It's always you. I know. It is. I, I just refuse. I'm just like, I can't stand. I can't stand the silence. <laughs> oh, oh how's God. it going over there? You know, it's going. It's going all right. Um yeah, it's all right. Weekend? Did you do anything good? What did I do? I tried to tell my coworkers yesterday what I did, and I felt like I had zero recollection. Um, but Friday, I went down to the Springs to visit my friend um, and her little one, and then did her husband is like a CrossFit instructor on the side, did a CrossFit workout with him, died wow. a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> And then Saturday we didn't do anything except I did I just studied all day and then Sunday studied and then my neighbors had a Friendsgiving where I drank a lot of wine. So fun. Yeah. A lovely weekend. It was good. It was a good weekend for sure. What about you? <laughs> um I worked all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but it was good. I always like That's to work right. on the weekend, you know, cuz it's like it's chill. Yeah. You know? It is. It is more chill. That's for sure. I had Way less little, people. Yeah. I had two little OG theaters on CPAP. Like, mm. beautiful. So nice. Beautiful. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good. Um, and then Eric's parents have been here for the past week, so they just left today. Um, so got to spend some time with them, like, before my shifts and then uh yesterday and we did nice. like a little mini thanksgiving too so that was cute so cute oh. and also drank a lot of wine <laughs> all the wine i mean it's just wine. so easy to drink like just like you oh, can well. just keep drinking it and it's, it's delicious yeah it is delicious well and i'm about to do that next weekend because we're having a friendsgiving on sunday Fun. and um yeah last year i made like 
the apple cider mimosas and just was like slamming them back. Yum. Oh my God. That, yeah. Uh, Saturday is um, Denver's Friendsgiving for Medventure. So um, I'll be doing that. I will also be (laughs) drinking. But if anyone is in Denver and wants to um, attend the Friendsgiving, just like shoot. Um, as a message on the Drunk or Delirious Instagram or on my personal Instagram, um, this Emily, <laughs> if you don't know our voices, but send me a message and um, I'll give you the deets. So fun. I wish I could go. I know. I'm excited. I kind of forget that it's happening and I'm like, oh shit. Can't I've wait got... to do a little recap about it. And yeah. Oh my gosh. And that should be really fun. I think so too. I think it's going to be great. Um yeah. And then we have no idea what we're doing for our own Thanksgiving. So whatever. Yeah. I'm working, but whatever. Yeah. I'm good with a little Friendsgiving. I'm like, that checks the box. Yeah. I like fucking love Thanksgiving. It's like one of my favorite holidays, but I like going back to Minnesota to see my family and it's just really hard to get back there. And yeah. So who all is there? Um, my whole like mom's side and all my cousins and everything, they have like a big, huge Thanksgiving celebration that has like probably 50 people at it. It's so fun. That would be fun. It's a blast, but it's all the way in Minnesota. So far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know my cousin's hosting it this year and I'm like, hmm, what if we just take a little drive but it's like 14 hours so just just a little drive casual well it is kind of crazy like if you're if unless your family is living local Mm -hmm. to you it's crazy to expect to just fly across the country for you know thanksgiving and then a few weeks later for christmas i just feel like it's too much for yeah for me i'm like i pick one i pick christmas i do my friendsgiving Mm -hmm. another day and i just like almost always work thanksgiving but I don't mind it. And I also like the little crafts at work, like make little turkey feet and the little turkey hands. Like, it is I'm cute. Like all about it. <laughs> it's fun. It so. is really cute. Mm, yeah. The little tiny turkeys. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I them too. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I don't mind. I mean, it's nice having it off, but. I didn't ever really mind like actually working Thanksgiving because then everyone had even like a potluck at work too. And like mm-hmm. now you just get to hang out with it's a, it's just an, it's a good vibe. Like holidays at work are usually like a pretty good vibe. Everyone's happier and like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Wearing their fun scrub tops. Mm-hmm. It's decorated. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have a crazy story that I'm going to share. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> he already knows this, but I've, Feel like I just need <laughs> to warn the world about this insanity. So <laughs> I sold a jacket. I listed and sold a jacket on Mercari. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's just like another Poshmark situation. And someone bought it, sent it to them. Like I, I didn't think anything was wrong with it. And I get a message from the person and they're like, we just received the jacket and the fur trim on the coat is missing. Can you please find it and send this immediately? And there is like dog hair all over it and blah, 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 blah. Like literally just like this entire novel. And I was like, holy shit. Oh my God. 
first things first, um, there was no trim pictured on any of the what pictures. What were they talking about? Like on the hood, it had like or like if you look up the jacket, like from the store, it has a trim on the hood, but you can take it off. And I took it off, and I have no idea where it is. I think it it's gone forever. Okay. Um, so it wasn't pictured. I like d- sure. didn't have it on in the pictures. Like I don't have it. Um, so she knew what she was buying. Exactly. Like it's not like it was there and then it wasn't. Like, and uh, and then I was like, I mean, I don't have it. It wasn't pictured. But if I magically find it, I will absolutely send it to you. And then um, sh- I was like, there. I mean. I delinted the entire thing. The feathers come out of it. Like there was no dog hair on it when I sent it to you. I don't know. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know. The feathers just fucking come out of a down coat. Don't know what to tell you. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like if you're, I didn't want her to give me a bad rating because I have a ton of other shit listed on Macari. And so I was like, I mean, I'm happy to give you a discount if, if, you know, they'll let me. And I emailed um, support and they were like, no, we can't give you a discount unless you like return it, blah, 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 the whole thing. And so I let her know that. And then I don't know, she tried to message me and it got deleted or something. And I didn't think anything of it. And then later that day I went, I was at work and the receptionist answered the phone and she looked at me. She's like, "Um, Emily, uh, there's someone on the phone for you. And I was like, who? What the hell? Who is calling for me? Like, it's so weird. And she said some late, um, I, I don't really need to say her name, but she said someone's name. And I was like, I have no idea who that was. Answered it. And she was like, is this Emily? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, did you sell something on Mercari? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. How the hell did you get this phone number? Like, what? That is so this scary. lady looked me up on the internet found my place of work and then fucking called it to talk to me about this jacket so she could get a discount okay now i'm scared because she's gonna find the podcast and listen to this whatever she can go suck it i don't give a fuck psycho psychotic behavior behavior absolutely do not do that I mean, yeah, that's like, a given. That's a given. And she was like, I mean, my husband kept telling me not to do this, that this is crazy. I shouldn't be doing this. And I was like, yeah, you absolutely yeah. should not be doing this. That's like extremely creepy. So you are, you are a little crazy. Yeah. So what ended up happening? So did you just tell so her off? I ended up, I took her phone number and I was like, I mean, I'll deal. I was like, I can't talk to you on this phone at all. Like right now. I'll, and don't call like, here again. Yeah, please do not. And so I ended up just texting her later and being like, do you still want the jacket? Like what is going on? And she was like, oh, she told me that she tried to send me her phone number through Mercari and they wouldn't let her do that. Like they wouldn't let us have any outside communication outside of the app, which is for safety purposes, obviously. Um, So I texted her. She still wanted the jacket. And I was like, I'm happy to give you like, give you $20 off. Like, I literally don't care, whatever. Like, and she was like, yeah, that's fine. And then I was like, okay, I'll wait for the sale to go through and then I'll send it to you. And then she was texting me. She's like, I gave you five stars. And I was like, great. Thank you so much. And sent her the money and that was it. But she is literally insane. (laughs) 
you're like so. and I give you zero stars <laughs> because yeah you shocked me that's creepy part of me wanted to like I should have probably like reached out to Mercari like customer service or whatever and been like yo this lady's crazy but then I mean then I didn't want to have a bad it was just I didn't want to have a bad rating yeah. I mean whatever at the end of the day she was like I'm a mom I'm not weird I promise and I was like oh, well I think you, you are, are. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are you're definitely oh yeah so um be so aware. Aware. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh well that has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about today so swift transition but <laughs> this week we have another special guest i'm super excited to chat with my friend victoria we met um in philly when i was on assignment there and i was so lucky to take care of her son in the nicu for a few months um and she is super gracious to come on and chat with us about her NICU experience and share her perspective as a NICU mama. So mm -hmm. welcome to the show, Victoria. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to come on and chat with you guys tonight. Um, I love your podcast. You guys oh. are just amazing. So it's an honor You're to be so here. Sweet. <laughs> You're so sweet. Oh, it's like so crazy when we're like, people actually listen. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's always weird. I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> people listen to me. Oh, but it's cool, though. Yeah. Wait, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, you're so excited to get your perspective. I think it's going to be really, really amazing for a lot of our listeners. I know we have a lot of like newer nurses or nurses that are in, or people that are in nursing school that like would love to get into the NICU. And I think your side of things is going to be very um like eye-opening and educational and helpful for their their nursing practice definitely yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's important to yeah I sometimes we get we can get lost in our own like nursing world that sometimes we don't always consider you know what it might be like to be a NICU parent mm -hmm. so I think yeah I agree I think it's going to be really really great for all those new nurses and even people who have been NICU nurses for years yeah. or people in other specialties or I don't know if we have any other NICU parent listeners out there but yes so do you yeah. want to start with just like telling us a little bit about yourself where you're from what you do for a living anything you want to share with us yeah okay um so we currently live uh, oh kind of close to Philly in Kennett Square, so only about an hour away. Um, I'm a high school business teacher. I've been a teacher for four years. I am actually on unpaid leave right now because we don't have any home nurses to take care of my son, but, you know, I'm doing other things, you know, to kind of combat that. I am a beauty counter consultant, um, but more, I'm, more so than anything, I'm nurse mommy. <laughs> don't get paid, but I love it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you know, we're just doing this thing every day and fulfilling my dreams of being a stay at home mom. <laughs> so <laughs> it's all good. Oh, that's awesome. Probably not exactly what you imagined being a stay at home no, mom would be like. No, definitely not. It's definitely a lot harder to do things. Um, you know, having a medically complex baby, but it's amazing nonetheless because you can't get this time back. So I'm very grateful. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a very unique opportunity, too. You're like, well, this is, I mean, a best case scenario right now, getting to spend all the time with your son. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. He's a doll. 
he's so cute yeah thank you <laughs> um so when was laurent born and um how many months did you guys spend in the NICU all together so he was born on 2 2 so very oh. cool birthday yes. <laughs> um we spent about four months in the NICU and then he spent an additional two months in the PCU which is like a step down unit um I don't know if every hospital has them but basically that's where all the trait kids went mm-hmm. um and it was like a teaching floor so that was he was there for like a total of six months in the hospital. It's a long time. It is a long time. Yeah. Did you know anything about the NICU before you had a baby in the NICU? No, I actually did not. Um, honestly, him and all of the issues that he was presenting with at birth, it was all a shock. We, you know, would go to the appointments and everything was great. He was healthy. And, you know, then I, the day before I had him, I stopped feeling him. So I ended up going to the hospital and they ran tests and he wasn't moving and I had an emergency C-section. So that's kind of, it just kind of got thrown at me, but I knew absolutely nothing about it. Um, You know, I didn't know anyone at that point in time who had a baby in the NICU for any like point in time. So it was very overwhelming because I knew nothing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, seriously. How can you prepare for yourself for something like that. Um, how many weeks was he again? Remind me. He was 36 weeks. 36 so weeks. So okay. he wasn't really early per se. Mm-hmm. Um, he just wasn't moving and needed to come early. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'm ready to come out. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> I was ready too, not going to lie. Yeah, <laughs> I was I not ready for everything else. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, you know, having him one of those first days. And, I mean, he had a very confusing course. I would not say it was typical. <laughs> um, because there was a long time where they couldn't identify what was happening. Um, and I, at first I remember thinking, like, he's just kind of your typical preemie on CPAP and then we kind of realized there's something else going on um what was like the experience like for you and Avery it was so frustrating because nobody knew anything and you know we're at a top-rated hospital who wins all these awards and people in general just talk and say all these amazing things about them and they could not figure out what was wrong with my child And it took a really long time and it took many, many code blues. And people really, to this day, don't believe me when I say he would code every single day. There was a point in time where I think it might have been a week, two weeks, where he was coding every single day and they were okay with it um, because they just didn't know what Mm -hmm. was happening. So, you know, we finally went through all of the tests and things and everything kept coming back to normal or slightly off that it wasn't concerning and I just got to a point where I said you know you need to figure this out because my son can't die here and it was then that we had a really amazing doctor who went back to the drawing board you know went through all those tests again and then they actually found like what he has through a specialized neuromuscular test and 
I think that if I didn't speak up and freak out one day, you know, things could have been drastically different for him um, and for us. So it was just, it was a crazy ride, a lot of dark days and Mm -hmm. just not even knowing what to expect sleeping with my phone right by my face with the camera up because we had angel eye, which is amazing. Um, (laughs) You know, just watching him and when I would get up in pumps and just checking in on him. And, you know, there were times where I would just get phone calls in the middle of the night, you know, he had another code or he had another event as they called him at that hospital. So it was a wild ride. Yeah. His events were severe. (laughs) They were scary. Yeah. 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 I I think that, you know, sometimes people would try to sugarcoat it for me because they didn't want me to worry about it. And they didn't want me to think, oh, you don't know how close he was to this, this, and this, or the next step. Um, Which I think actually made it worse because then I just Mm -hmm. go do my own research or I find people who will talk to me, PAs who will talk to me, nurses who will talk to me and tell me the truth. Um, Because I know you don't want to protect the feelings of the parents and you know really try to support them best but it's just I don't know I I need to know these things (laughs) Mm -hmm. I need to know like what it really was because then for the times that I was there and I would just watch him and he would be lifeless and Mm -hmm. it was just horrible and I can't even imagine being his nurse or saying oh this is your assignment today like oh no thank you <laughs> I do not want him <laughs> oh you know that like... space that codes every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah no thanks <laughs> yeah yeah that, I mean that is a really good um our perspective to share too because I know like some like I've in the past too I've been like afraid to be tell a mom like Oh no, that it was like a really, really bad night. Like you just get very, like, I don't know. You don't want to make them feel, I don't know. We never, we don't want to make you feel bad or like super worried. Um, but that is a really good, I mean, perspective to share. You want to be straight with them. And, um, and it also can be like, if you don't know like what they know already or like what like the doctors have shared to an extent too, like then you get into that area of like oversharing or overstepping and it's, but no, thank you for, that's a great thing to know. I don't want them to ever be anyone to ever be in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly, definitely... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I felt in the dark a lot to be honest with you. Um, especially when it came to the doctors, because there were doctors that would just not even pay attention to the nurse during rounds, wouldn't even ask them, you know, how it was going. Are you kidding me? (laughs) These are the people that are with my child all Mm -hmm. the time. And he was actually on a team. So he had specific nurses that would take care of him. So, you know, these were nurses who were very familiar with him. And, you know, when they wouldn't tell me things or, Um, I had to go find information on my own. It was very annoying. And then, you know, later, after he was already traced, I would meet with doctors and they would say, oh, are you the geneticist? I'm like, no, I'm his mother. They're like, oh, well, you know a lot. I'm like, because I'm listening and paying attention and (laughs) taking down what you say because this is my kid. Like, are you serious? (laughs) Yep. And you wrote down everything. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You had to. Oh yeah. That was smart. It's smart though. Time and date, all of that, you know, yeah. and mama bear, 
was his biggest advocate and it's it's so important to advocate for your kid and for us nurses to advocate for our patients because we love them too um but yeah I've definitely been on the side of like sugarcoating things in the past I'm Mm -hmm. definitely guilty of it because it's it's hard some some of these conversations are really hard and sometimes I mean I'm guilty of saying like I don't get paid enough to like have these conversations you know what I mean like that's like you said I'm like that's on the doctor, you know, like to deliver like bad news and things. So sometimes I'll say something and I'll be like, but I'll get the doctor to come and like talk to you about it, which there's certain things I'm okay with like explaining, like what is a Brady? Like I do that all the time, but when it's like, I wouldn't call what, like what Laurent went through wasn't just like typical preemie Brady's. It was, it wasn't even that at all. It was, you know, something completely different, completely different. Yeah, no, and I totally get, you know, it's definitely above your pay grade. Like, this is not something that a nurse, especially a nurse who is potentially coming right out of school, like, this is their first job, maybe even first assignment, (laughs) having to explain these complicated things Mm -hmm. that a doctor should be sitting with a family and talking to them Mm -hmm. about, you know? Um, And a lot of times the doctors would blow me off or wouldn't come sit or would say, oh, yeah, I'll be around and then just never show up. Mm -hmm. Um, But the PAs would. And I had a really good um, relationship with some of the PAs that he had in the NICU and they were phenomenal. Um, So that was good, you know, having that time with PAs. And I get it. You know, you're in a hospital. (laughs) There could be a kid who is having very more serious things going on with them that needs the doctor's attention. But you know, I spent 12 hours, 18 mm-hmm. hours at the hospital every single day. I was there all the time. And if I wasn't there at a time, I could schedule a time, you know, a phone call even. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine being a nurse um, and being on your side of it because I would sit there for whole shifts and I would watch and see what was happening all around. And that was probably just as traumatic, you know, seeing what other kids and families go through just as much as my own child and what we were going through it's so empathetic of you to say that (laughs) like I just can't imagine how it would be for you and right that is it it, I yeah seeing what's happening in the room next to you like if you have a really another really 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 sick kid right next to yours and you hear their alarms all the time like oh my gosh like, yeah, and after time, you know, you learn how to read the monitors. You could see, mm-hmm. oh, in bed, whatever, this is happening. You could hear the alarms. Like, you know what's going on if you spend um, time there, which is not good. And not all parents are as uh, observant as you or um, care to, to learn as much as you do. Or And some parents aren't there, Yeah, which you saw, too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yakub. I miss him. (laughs) I miss him too. (laughs) Like, I love these kids too, and I didn't even get to hold them. Like, I would just see them. Could I be a volunteer so I can hold that child? (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, he's having a good day today. I'm proud of him. Like, (laughs) I felt like an honorary nurse. Like, honestly, I could have been like a nurse assistant. (laughs) Could be your next career. Oh my God. Thought about it. I mean, you can be like a volunteer cuddler. And I remember some parents being like, can I hold that baby? Like he, like what, you know, he just keeps crying. And I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I wish I could let you hold the baby, but (laughs) you can't. They wanted to adopt this other, this roommate. Oh yeah. Oh Oh, my God. I I wanted to too. I was like, 
too cute too yep. cute two of them oh my gosh the dream team they really were <laughs> I love I loved having them but I feel like I don't know you as a nurse like who if you have a patient a few shifts in a row or something you really get to know what they like and what they don't like and what their norm is and what what it's not so I felt always felt like comfortable taking care of him but like you said I can totally see how that would be like could be scary to some nurses like I don't mm-hmm. you know, know what to do um mm-hmm. so I wanted to ask um kind of rewinding a, a little bit but like about some of the testing that they did to kind of figure out his diagnosis what what kind of tests did they go through for that oh my gosh he I feel like has gotten everything under the sun um they thought that he had um Seizures. Sorry, his alarms are going. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, you gotta do what you <laughs> He's fine. Do. Yeah, it's just his pulse ox. Is he moving? Was he trying to stand? Was he trying to stand? Yeah, that's why. He's fine. He's good. He's just staring at me. Okay. Sorry. Your mom? No. Um, Avery's sister is here. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Sorry. I'll restart that. Um. So testing. So he really got so many different tests like they thought potentially seizures they sent out a bunch of different broad genetics panels that all came back normal um the thing that came back was the neuromuscular panel and that diagnosed him with congenital myasthenic syndrome um what else did he get he's gotten different blood tests um oh geez i don't know I honestly, honestly, I can't remember unless I sat in my note with my notebook. That's okay. um, he's gotten sleep studies, all different things. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about what his diagnosis is? Yeah, so he has congenital myasthenic syndrome, and basically, they aren't sure severity levels. Really depends on the geneticist that you talk to. Um, the events that he was having were extremely serious um and very severe but he's meeting milestones and you know getting stronger being more active so it's looking good for him basically that um syndrome has different things so like it could be not severe where you go through your whole life and don't even realize you have it it could be like average or it could be extremely severe um and they don't really know where he's landing on that pendulum right now. But yeah, that is his main diagnosis. I mean, he has reflux, but what baby doesn't? <laughs> I know. I'm just Same. looking up what it means. Um, on Medline, it says uh, a group of conditions characterized by muscle weakness that worsens with physical exertion. Yeah. That's a yeah, very so- general. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it could be like in your limbs. Uh, for him, it's his trunk, so his breathing. Okay. Um, so he got a trach because of that, and the trach has made his life so much better, <laughs> and honestly saved his life. Um, mm-hmm. So he his throat just basically collapses, um, but you know he's leaning off of vent support, so he, he's doing Good. well. But I guess the way that the geneticist described it to me was that it's how your brain and your muscles actually talk to one another 
they just don't talk right. So he's on medicine that actually helps him have that function. And basically they were saying that Savati is so smart that if they didn't give him this medicine that would help that connection happen, um, his body would just be like, well, I'm not using this, so I don't need to breathe anymore. And I'm going to divert my resources elsewhere when obviously that's a really big problem. Um, so, wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we need the lungs <laughs> at all times. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, and he has a little bit of muscle weakness in his face, like droopy eyes, you know, you could tell when he's really tired or he's due for his next med. Um, but other than that, you know, after he gets his med, he perks up and he's ready to go. He's learning how to crawl. He loves to stand. I think he's going to walk before he crawls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, the amount of progress just, you know, since the last time I saw him, it's crazy. I mean, I was telling Emily a little bit about it before hopping on with you, but his care was basically just rotating him from side to side to side in the bed there was a period of time where you were too scared to hold him because he would, he could code. Um, and the secretions, oh my gosh, like I've never seen anything like that before. I mean, it was just like, you'd put that suction in his mouth and it was just a river of secretions and mouth and nose. It was just, it was crazy. And, and it was just sad. I mean, that's no way to live your life, you know? So yeah, just to see him, even just for a brief second, just sitting up and active and all, oh, I love all of your stories, just following him and just seeing how good he's doing. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, a, it's amazing. Like, I feel like you could, he's only going to get better, right? Like he's already right. made so much progress. Yeah. I don't really listen to the geneticists anymore. I told them I'm done talking to them <laughs> because my son does things his own way. So he will show us what he needs. I am not worried about you know, what could be, I'm only worried about the present and he is doing amazing. Yeah. Honestly, I'm at a point now where I've kind of forgotten a little bit about the NICU. Um, and I don't know if that's good or bad because I definitely experienced a lot of trauma, but he's just such a different baby. And it's so easy to forget what it was like going there every day. Um, and all those feelings come back up when we go to appointments and stuff, but it's just incredible. Like, our life is normal now. We get to do things, you know, like he can lay on his back. He can play. He can sit up. So it's like all those things that, you know, you really take for granted if you don't have a medically complex baby he's doing now. And I'm just so proud of him. Oh, I <laughs> too. love that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think that it is amazing that you can forget about that, like, such a long traumatic time in your life like I'm glad he's doing so much better and it's like that is out of sight out of mind like that time is not <laughs> not how we use your anymore. life anymore yeah yeah I mean it was so dark so yeah. you know it's just I have to find a way to move on and cope and mm -hmm. just being able to do something normal like get up and get ready for the day put on some makeup and take him to Target with my husband like that is something that new moms get to do all the time. And, you know, he needs two caregivers with him in the car and whatever. So it's a little bit different, but just doing those normal things, it's incredible because I felt like I was living in a black hole, you know, for six months where 
I would wake up, eat, drive to the hospital for an hour, uh, spend all day there, drive home another hour, go to bed and just do the same thing over and over again. Mm. Um, and I just, I can't live there. I can't live in that dark place. And I have to focus on right now. And right now he's amazing. He's doing so good. And it's just, it's awesome being able to stay home with him. That's so amazing. I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of you too. I mean, it's not easy to go through. I can't even imagine. It's just not easy to go through what you've been through. And you've just, you've been strong through the whole time. I know there's been, like you said, periods of really, really dark times, but you, you've handled it extremely well and you've always been there for him the whole time. So that's amazing. So like, I know that you said that like some of the nurses were good, but some of the doctors not so good. Some of the PAs good, but um, did you feel supported in general? Like while during your NICU stay, or like I know you also had your your mom with you too, which was probably a game changer. Yeah, I would say in general I was supported, uh, not necessarily all the time through just one avenue. So not just from doctors. I think everybody coming together. Uh, my mom was not allowed to come right at first. So the visiting restrictions got lifted a little bit and then she was able to come. And that was a huge game changer for me because I, you know, couldn't drive. I got a C-section. Um, I couldn't drive. So I was waiting for my husband to get home from work because he didn't have that many days off to go. Um, I ended up driving myself early when I wasn't supposed to, because I wanted to see my baby. And, you know, then when my mom was able to come, that just changed that everything my mental health everything it, it was just she was there on some of the worst days so it was really really helpful to have her there um some nurses were really amazing like you other nurses were um not amazing <laughs> uh you know and I think personality plays a big part in that you know you get along with different people um yeah. but for the, for the most part, I would say the nurses were very supportive and very helpful, you know, um, hugging me when I needed a hug and telling me what I needed to be told or arranging for doctors or PAs to come over and chat with me. Uh, the PAs were phenomenal at the hospital. And then just different teams of doctors. Some were good. Some were not so good. He would get rotating teams. So new doctors every two weeks. There were some doctors that I just wished that he did not have. And then there were other doctors who changed the course of his life for the better so um i would say overall pretty supportive child life was also amazing um until i lost my child life girl and they just never replaced her <laughs> but you know i had my mom at that point so it was okay but i would say overall yes but you know there are definitely days where i was just very disgusted and just unhappy with the support that I was getting from the hospital and even now I'm like my husband and I will joke about it and we're laughing about it but it was actually pretty bad sometimes Mm, yeah pros and cons to a big hospital like that too you know I think pros you have access to all of the different types of testing and specialists like right at your fingertips but on the other hand it's a lot less personal because they have so many more patients to see um so that's, that's been interesting for me, too, because I've seen both. Like, that was the biggest NICU I've ever worked in. Um, but I've also been in really lovely, like, 10-bed units where it's, you like, the, 
I've taken care of every single kid in this room. All of the nurses have and the doctors, yeah, know all of the families and, and babies by name. So, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was born at a hospital that had a small NICU and he was there for like a day and a half. Um, so we had a little bit of that more um, family-friendly, I would say, culture. Mm-hmm. And that was nice, but he needed to go to the bigger hospital for his care because he's such a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> So I think the hospital that I used to work at had a PCU as well, um, where, our, where our trached babies would go to. Um, so in that unit, they then teach you how to use all the home equipment, correct? Yes. Awesome. Yes. We were and actually so, able to start in the NICU. Oh, good. That's great. Yeah. I feel like we would have, we would transition them from our ventilators to their home vent and then yeah, like send them up to the unit. Um, so was it difficult that transition from the PCU to home with all of that equipment or how did that go for you guys? Um, well, you know, like I mentioned, we started training in the NICU because I really pushed because I knew I could have him home in eight weeks if I get all this done. So I really wanted to try to push that. Um, and then we went to the PCU it was a very, I would say hard transition for me, honestly, from the NICU, because in the NICU, I knew everyone. I felt like I was friends with some of the nurses, honestly, and I just felt really supported by them. And then to go to a new unit and have no one there that I knew and being like, I'm like learning from these nurses and doctors, and it was just very hard for me. Um, I would say that transition was harder than the transition from the PCU to home. Because by the end of his PCU stay, um, it was summertime. My husband and I are both teachers. We were there all the time. We would stay over. So we were really taking on a lot of his care. Um, It was definitely still a transition to come home because then, you know, you're adding in, oh, well, the formula doesn't come up from the formula room and meds aren't pre-drawn. You have to do these other things and somebody has to take care of the dog. Um, But I really feel like trading overall really prepared us to bring him home. Um, their training at first was extremely overwhelming. I got this big binder and I sat there and looked at everything and I, I was mind boggled. Um, but I think the way they broke it down every week, it, it really made the transition smooth. Um, and we actually only had a nurse for one day and then she went on vacation for like 10 days. So we were alone with no nursing. We actually, we fought really hard to get him out of the hospital because he was medically stable and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And we were teachers, so we were home all the time. And both of our sets of parents are extremely involved. They're all fully trained. Um, so they help us out a lot. So it, it was easier to transition because, you know, we had that nurse one day mm-hmm. and then we kind of were able to mesh in and figure out what life at home was like with a baby, let alone a medically complex baby. Um, but yes, NICU to the PCU is definitely a harder transition than the transition home. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that from, from parents that you are so comfortable, more, much more comfortable and as comfortable as you can be in the NICU, but with all of your people and people that understand, um, your baby and what's going on with him. And then you go to a unit and you're like, you guys, like no one knows anything. You don't know him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I cried the first day because I, I was like, 
I just, I miss my girls. Like, they're probably going to Starbucks, and now that's the only time I'm going to get to see them. Like, my friends. <laughs> I don't have my friends because the PCU was just two beds to a room. So, you know, the nurse was more hands-off because they wanted you to take care of your own kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that was nice in, in a certain respect. Um, it was also very nice to go to a quieter place but it was just really hard because you know you make all those relationships and I felt very comfortable I knew the doctors um I loved the PAs so it was just it was hard yeah I never would think of it that way but but it makes sense when you explain it like that Mm -hmm. um so we know that he is trached so does he have a home vent is he does he always need it and like what other equipment um have you guys had to be trained with and does he have so he is currently being weaned off his ventilator um right now he does two sprints off the vent for five hours each twice a day so so he's off for 10 hours during the day i think we're going to move next week probably to off all waking hours which is incredible that's amazing so proud of him (laughs) um so we're working through that um you know, he has his pulse ox. We had to learn how to use oxygen, suction, um, nebulizing treatments, which he hasn't really used, um, weighing him. Nothing too complicated, honestly. I would say the hardest piece of equipment is probably the ventilator. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited to get rid of it because mm-hmm. I honestly feel like he does not need it. His lungs are very healthy. Just that's a story for another day, but... <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's amazing! And I'm assuming he has a G tube too. Oh yes, G tube. Forgot about that. Kangaroo pump or? Um, yes, the infinity. Infinity pump. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So can't wait to get rid of that too. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. So the so he will eventually be able to be decannulated then, right? Or will he have to keep the trach? So they were actually talking about that in our ENT appointment yesterday. They mentioned the D word. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. I don't know. Usually they want to follow up in six months, but for him, they want to look at him in four. Okay. And they're going to try a speaking valve next month with him. So um, I'm very hopeful that he won't need the trace forever. However, you know, one day when we were both at school, he did have a decannulation where he did have a severe event so I think he still needs the trach for now okay. um but I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll be able to you know be decannulated um yeah. I think the key for him is learning how to eat because that's what's going to strengthen those muscles because right now he doesn't really use it and he doesn't swallow very often mm-hmm. so I think that's the key to strengthen that area because he's just very low tone um through his trunk sure that makes sense yeah um this is just a kind of side note um do they have any kind of like parent cna programs in pennsylvania so we looked into um me just being like a home health aide but our insurance denied it because he has a trait um and then i'm in contact with um our social worker, because I guess PA just started something where parents could potentially, if it gets approved, be caretakers for their kids, Um, which would be huge because I'm doing all the care, Mm -hmm. you know, 
he's on supplemental insurance because our primary insurance doesn't cover anything. Um, and we can't find nursing. There's a huge nursing shortage. Yeah. So it, it's difficult. Yeah. From NICU, I transitioned to doing um, case management for a home health company, but we in Colorado employ um, CNA par- like parents um, and train them to be CNAs and take care of their own kids. So I know a couple other states that have that program. So hopefully that's what um, Pennsylvania is starting because that would be amazing for you guys. Yeah, that would be incredible because a lot of parents that I've talked to in PA, they can't get approved either. Um, and they're mm-hmm. trade parents because the doctors want them to have RNs or LPNs only. Mm. So, you know, I'm trained through the hospital, a very large, well-known hospital who has a really great training program, in my opinion. So I feel like that should count for something. You know, I'm right. already doing things that a nurse does. Right. We, and so, it's not like I'm going to go take care of another kid. <laughs> right. It's also, um, in my, our program is through Medicaid and they have like very strict regulations too. So I think the kids that we've had that have had trachs or something, like you do that as like a parent role, not as like a CNA role because it doesn't fall under a CNA license. But what does fall under a CNA license is going to be like, like your G-tube care and like bathing and like all these other like tasks that need skilled care. So yeah, it's very, it's weird. It's hard to explain, <laughs> but I did. It's Medicaid is crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they said that I would potentially be able to do that and I would have mm-hmm. to clock in, clock out. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't care. I'll do whatever. Yeah. Like I need to take care of him. Somebody needs to be here. And to be honest, I feel like I'm the best person for it because he's my kid. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it is very loss of rules, which is good and bad. Yeah. Wow. I've never heard of like a program like that before. So is that something that you would get paid for? Like, yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah. that would be. Yeah. So like, that's like what I, that's like what I did. Like my CNAs cool. were parents like Victoria of that had special needs children and so they got they like went through CNA school that our company paid for um and then we're CNAs and we paid them um they got a certain amount of hours per day based on like what their kiddo qualified for um some parents got like two hours some parents had up to like 11 hours a day that they got paid for to take care of their kid that's incredible I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope that you're able to do something like that because that is so cool. And Emily, like, look at how full circle that is. It's so cool <laughs> that you, like, did something like that. And it's like, I don't know. That's just yeah. so interesting. Yeah. I never knew about that. It was a I don't really know much cool of transition. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying, it was, like, a really cool transition for me coming from NICU to working with parents who had NICU babies and to see them, um, you know, outside of the hospital and how they're doing and growing up and what they need um, mm-hmm. was really really eye-opening does he have um like therapies in the home yes so he gets early intervention so he has occupational therapy and physical therapy his feeding therapy is still through the hospital but I was a big believer in give me all the things (laughs) that I could get because it just it helps so much um and you know you might think of it as one extra thing for your kid to do or one extra person in your house but it's just time well spent. Yeah. 
it really is. It's like, it's incredible um, what therapy starting so early can do for them. And he's like so lucky to have you guys as parents and supporting him as much as possible through this. Like that is incredible. Um, yeah, it's, it's really amazing for him. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I've been told I'm incredibly unlucky by geneticists, <laughs> but I consider myself to be very lucky because he's my kid and he's amazing. Um, so yeah, he's definitely come a long way. We used to not be able to have physical therapy and now he's doing all of these things. So it's just yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, really that's is. right. Yeah, PT was too much for him. <laughs> it, was, it, it could be, yeah, it was scary. Yeah, I would say you're both lucky. He's lucky to have you and vice versa, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a really good mom. Because I think Thank a lot you. of babies in the similar circumstance maybe wouldn't have the same opportunities or maybe they would but wouldn't be taken advantage of and um yeah he's gonna he's gonna thrive because yeah you're you're Mm -hmm. you're giving him everything he needs you know yeah thank you yeah um every time we go to his pulmonology appointments they say so you know if you ever get overwhelmed you want to bring him back just bring him back (laughs) it's like i am not bringing my child back here my child lives with me he's staying with me yeah like i understand caregiver burden but this is my kid. My choice is that he's home with me. Stop asking me to bring him back to the hospital because it's not happening. Yeah. You're like, absolutely not. You're like, all I wanted for so long is to be home with my baby. And now I have him. Yeah. So. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> Take care of other kids. Not mine. Yeah. Um, so what advice would you want to share with other Nikki parents? Oh, get yourself a notebook for sure. (laughs) You should write everything down. I think it's good for not only you to have a record um, because, you know, you're getting so many different things thrown at you, but then you can look back on that um, later and see, you know, what your kid has been through and just how far they've come because it's incredible how quickly they grow and thrive and develop. Um, Another really important thing is finding a team of nurses. So if your hospital does team nursing, get your kid with a team because then the same people are seeing them all the time. And I feel like you're going to get better care that way because the nurses know your kid the best mm-hmm. rather than getting somebody random all the time. Um, make sure that you're taking care of yourself. This is something that everyone said to me and it was irritating at the time because it's just, the last thing I need to do is take care of myself when my baby is almost dying every single day. Um, but it's so important. Just do something a little for yourself, even if it's just showering and getting yourself a cup of coffee and sitting there for five minutes and taking a couple breaths. Um, you need to know when you need to walk out of the room and get some fresh air and take a breather. Um, there, like child life, she would take me out all the time mm. just to kind of reset because it was just too much. Um, you know, there were times where my mom would just take me home because it was just too much. Um, and it, going off that it's okay to experience those feelings because they're valid and it's okay to be in a dark place, but you can't stay there because if you stay there, that's not going to help your kid. You know, I would come in and try to come in with a smile on my face every day. And some people would be like, well, how are you so positive through all of this? I'm like, being negative and thinking about what happened five seconds ago or what happened yesterday or last week, that's not going to help my kid. 
me helping my kid is going to be me being optimistic and me being hopeful and just showing up every day, even on days where I just want to sleep all day and I just can't bring myself to go, just go and hold your kid or hold your kid's hand and just be there. Um, because if you stay in that dark place, it's just going to spiral and you know, you're not going to be able to support your kid and be there for your kid if you're not well taken care of. Yeah. That is great advice. Oh my gosh. It really is. It really is. On the flip side of that, is there anything that you want NICU nurses to know about NICU parents that could help them? I think that, you know, anyone could be a parent, right? And a lot of times NICU nurses see that, you know, just anybody's a parent sometimes. And, you know, you're seeing that the babies that you love and are taking care of um, don't have any family, aren't coming. Um, don't lump everyone in with that. You know, it didn't really happen too often with us. But, you know, just know that not every parent is just going to show up for five minutes and whatever, like be with their kid. Um, some parents actually are going to do everything that they can. Some parents are doing everything they can, even though they're not actually there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some of us had, like for my, my husband, for example, he had to go back to work. Um, he didn't want to. He was miserable during that time because he wasn't with his baby. But, you know, a lot of parents, especially parents from different states, like they couldn't be there like I was able to be. Um, and it was really disheartening to hear some of the conversations about these other parents who just maybe couldn't show up. Like you don't totally know everybody's situation. Um, so just be wary of that. And just also know that you're appreciated, even though NICU parents might not thank you. Um, you seriously get us through some of the hardest days of our life. Um, and a lot of times you're going to go unthanked and feel like you're in a very thankful, thankless job. Um, but thinking back on our experience, I am so thankful for my nurses. And I didn't get to say thank you to every single person at our other hospital. I didn't get to say thank you to one person who took care of him. So, you know, you're having these parents in and out all around, whatever, um, and they might just not get a chance to thank you. They might not know your last name to give you a daisy. So just know that we really do appreciate you and everything that you're doing means something. And on the days where you just can't and you want to quit and never go back, show up the next day because we appreciate you and we need you and our kids love you. <laughs> that is so sweet. And that's exactly really like why I'm a NICU nurse, you know? Mm-hmm. We love those babies so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, I miss them every day. <laughs> you gotta take your next travel contract, girl. I know. <laughs> I gotta get back to the babies. <laughs> oh perfect. my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been, I think, an amazing episode, and I think everyone's mm-hmm. gonna learn something from it. And you had so much knowledge and just wisdom and just a great outlook. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's just really positive and and especially after going through so much, you know, so many things that were so negative, you still came out so positive and an inspiration to mm-hmm. me and and like I know everyone who listens to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. 
it honestly has been an honor because like I said at the beginning, I love your podcast and I love listening to you guys. You are amazing. Um, Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Oh, you're so so sweet. We love you. We love Elle. Say hi to Avery and your mom. Oh, I will. (laughs) (laughs) So sweet. Yeah, they're not here or else they would have definitely came to say hi. I love that so much. Oh. I would have loved to be your nurse too. Like, I know. Have been she's just the best. Yes. I do not love her. It's my favorite. Thank I you. love like, I mean, all parents, parents are amazing, <laughs> but it's really nice when you click with them, you know, as well. I get that too. When you can just, yeah, yeah just kind of like it, it brings you both to the same level. Like you're, we're not just a parent and I'm not just a nurse. Like we're just people yes. <laughs> that we both, yeah. and we both care about your baby or about mm-hmm. the doing the same thing. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right, guys. Well, awesome. we'll chat next week and um, yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye guys. Bye, guys. Hey guys. Um, Popping back in really quick. Um, we've totally forgot to ask Victoria t- what her Instagram is and where you can find her. So I just wanted to share that with you really quick. Um, so sh- you can find her on Instagram, the, the veg mama underscore. So T H E V E G M A M A underscore. And you can see her and Laurent and she also sells beauty counter. So go give her some love and support. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.